you are listening to Mama's Roots Are Showing podcast, where we recognize that we get one motherhood and our children get one childhood. So let's not just wing it. If finding yourself in motherhood sounds better than losing yourself in motherhood, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nicolette, and I invite you to join me as we explore the nooks and crannies of this once-in-a-lifetime journey. In this episode, um, this is actually a two-part episode with my friend Kate from The Mellow Mama. Um, We talked for a lengthy time about conscious parenting, peaceful parenting, and I broke it up into two episodes. And unfortunately, I was delayed in getting the second episode out because I had two trips where I was out of town. And then upon our return um, with my family, we all got sick. And so um, I didn't want to be hacking into the mic while I was recording. And so I waited to put out the second episode. So thank you for your patience in waiting for the second part. Um, In this episode, Kate and I talk about using conscious parenting at the very beginning of motherhood. So when your baby is born, you can implement conscious parenting. And we talk about the ways to do that and why it's so important. So tune in, get comfortable, and take some time for you. Um, Kate, I was wondering, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'm I'm really excited to have you on because you just had this little baby. And I feel like you know, we've talked about how a lot of times on social media, you know, now we're seeing more and more of this conscious parenting being discussed, which is awesome. I love that it's getting out there. But I I feel like sometimes we tend to skate right past the infant stage a little bit because we're talking about handling those more challenging, quote unquote, moments, right? Tantrums, defiance, you know, things of that nature. And I was wondering if you could shed some light on conscious parenting right from the get-go, from the day that your baby is born, because there are so many things that we can do to connect with our little itty-bitty babies. And I think that we should talk about that. Yes, I would love to. And, you know, it is nice to talk about it as I'm in it. Um, yes. Especially because this this time around has been so different than my experience with Donovan for a whole like number of reasons. Um, and I can, I can kind of touch on it really briefly just for some perspective because, again, very sensitive stuff. I know that the newborn stage is extremely personal, very sensitive. People have just night and day experiences um, from each other, from their own pregnancies and postpartum experiences. So um, I will say, you know, I had a really, really wonderful postpartum experience with my son Donovan. Um, I, I didn't have any financial responsibility at the time. I really was like, I can make YouTube videos and <laughs> be with my baby. Um, I was also in a very like tumultuous relationship. It was not safe physically. I mean, there were a lot of things going on that made being a, a new mother sort of I, I want a healthy and unhealthy like escape for me. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I was I really like poured myself into the experience of being a mother. And I had the the privilege of doing that. Um, at the time as well, uh, in that way, like, I, again, I had no other responsibilities. And again, <laughs> my life at the time was scary. And I was like, the one thing I can focus on and and do amazing at is, is be a mom and be a very present mom and read all these books and make videos about them, right? So um, this time around, and also on top of that, my son was um, like a really wonderful sleeper, wonderful nurser, uh, like would literally, I swear, like lay him down when I noticed his eyes get a little bit heavy and then like fall asleep for a two hours. <laughs> I mean, it was like a magical experience. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so my, my son was like, it was a very, uh, I think that God knew that's what I needed in that time in my life, honestly. Mm. <laughs> like, you know what? I think <laughs> this is what we're going to hand you. This time around, so I have a wonderful husband now, a very 
a wonderful, safe environment. I love our home. I love our family. And um, I actually have help too. I was also on the other side of the country. So I didn't have anyone um, to help me with my son Donovan at the time for the first year of his life. Um, and this time around, I've got all kinds of family around and this amazing guy and my son is five so there's a huge gap between them um and sweet Romy girl as you guys have heard she's got a lot to say and has from day one um, <laughs> really really requires a lot of closeness and connection which I love um but you know it's a different experience like completely and I think that it's been really eye-opening for me because, one, you guys just heard what my experience was like with Donovan in terms of a lot of different stuff, but especially regarding like sleep and just in general, um, it, was, it was really easy. So the principles of like respectful, conscious parenting in the newborn stage were so easily applied to, to that circumstance, right? Like I... One thing that I guess I'll start off with when it comes to um, interacting with infants in a respectful way, in a conscious way, is basically what we touched on earlier, acknowledging their perspective in the first place as a perspective. <laughs> so people struggle with acknowledging their five-year-old's perspective because they're like, look, they're a kid, they're irrational, like I don't need to, I don't need to consider where they're coming from like they're their child um their parent and we know that like that's that's so like just unhelpful <laughs> for everyone involved but it's the same thing applies for our new itty bitty babies um and one thing that I will say and why I wanted to illustrate the difference between my two children and their in terms of their temperament I guess <laughs> which I don't even like that it's like just her way of expressing her needs is different than Donovan's. Um, but I think that it actually allows you to be more in tune and aligned with your child if they are super expressive baby or as like a mainstream parenting person would say like a fussy baby or a needy baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, you, if you have a baby that is super expressive, like I would say, <laughs> um, then, then you're actually able um, when you apply this concept of like, really trying to understand their perspective, really understanding first and foremost that your child is asking for a need to be met. And it, in this case, like my daughter, Romy, it might just be a need for closeness, <laughs> a need yeah. to feel secure attachment, a need to feel like my mama is here. Uh, I've got the milk, <laughs> you know, um, and, and that's okay. But acknowledging her perspective goes a little bit further than that once it's there. So it might even mean as much as like not interrupting her gaze and people hear this and I'm sure you hear me talk about this, but I feel like people are like, what are you even saying? Um, but I really never just come up if, if Romy's awake and not attached to me, um, like laying on a hard surface, just looking around. I don't ever just abruptly start talking to her. Um, I, I stop and pause and I notice what she is noticing and I kind of slowly find a time to basically like interrupt if I need to and if I don't need to change her diaper or we don't need to go somewhere I just allow her to be and I allow her to think I allow her to look around I mean I just told my neighbor the other day she's like wow she's so alert she's looking around now and I'm like it's, it's basically like if you went to Spain for the first time or like, I don't know, any cool place that you've never seen. It's like every day is like that for her. Yes. So I, I, I don't like to interrupt a moment of it if I don't have to. And um, there's obviously another part of that, too, where it's like you can't help yourself from talking to or staring at a baby. <laughs> They're just like, yes. there's this bowl. Um, you know, you'll find yourself like, just staring for like long stretches of time. <laughs> um, you can tell this is my current reality. I mean, me and my husband both will be like, we really just stared at her for like 15 minutes. <laughs> like, we, I don't even know if we said anything. Um, so in those cases, like obviously interact with your baby, talk to them, right? But the next little piece of, I guess, advice here, it would be to actually have real conversation. Um, and this doesn't have to be all the time. I think I just posted a 
little thing on my Instagram story of Tommy, my husband talking to her, but he was like, just making weird sounds and she's smiling, right? <laughs> and so many messages came in and they're like, are, are you okay with him not talking to her in a real voice about real things? You always talk about that. And I'm like, okay, guys, <laughs> like there, there are times where it's going to be just fine for, for a little bit of play, a little bit of silliness, you know, conscious parenting isn't about like rigidity, like, right. Over. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's actually about ease, acceptance and, and presence. Um, but I will say that, you know, actually having a real conversation might feel silly, but if you're like struggling, if you're like, I don't know what to do, like what to say to my baby, like they can't respond to me. Um, I would start with just saying like, talk, literally I'm from the Midwest, you know, we talk about the weather because it's always different. <laughs> talk about the um, what your plans are for the day, talk about what you're thinking about making for supper or like, um, you know, what, what you're reading, like, <laughs> it sounds so goofy. Um, but I feel like it really helps me or even narrating the room. If I notice Romy's looking around her bedroom, I'll mention like, hmm, it looks like you're looking over there at the window, <laughs> you know, and just again, narrating what I see in front of me, it helps me get into more of a rhythm of like two-way street communication as opposed to the assumption like that our children have nothing going on up there. <laughs> also, yes. um, I think I think reading, uh, and again, all this stuff shouldn't sound silly, but it does because we really regard babies as like potatoes until six months. <laughs> um, yeah, I but, know. Yeah. but I, I mean, we read to Romy and it's so fun for me to witness my husband go through the newborn stage as a conscious parent, because this was a very new uh, stuff for him. And he is that person that's like, Oh, everybody's going to be fine. We're all fine. <laughs> you know, everything's fine. And I'm like, no, you have to, just take a deeper look, take a second glance at what I'm saying. Okay. Um, but it's so fun to hear him now say like, she really does understand what we're saying and, or she's really trying to understand, aren't you? You're really trying. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with you. And as far as, um, talking with your baby and explaining things to them. I, we've, yes, you said the potato, like people think that it's a potato and you hear that phrase. And I had that actually in my brain and you said it and that's exactly, you know, you hear that so much. And in reality, there's a lot happening just from the developmental side in the baby's brain. And it is making, it's wiring, it's having these new connections being made. And the way that we respond to our baby is crucial. And yes, talking to our baby is extremely important. And I, I did want to mention this because I don't know how long ago it was, but when Romy was very new, you had posted a video of her laying, uh, laying somewhere, maybe it was on Donovan's bed. And you did make a post about how I'm just letting her be. And I'm, you know, she's looking at something, maybe it's the lights, maybe it's the shadows. And we have to be mindful of the fact that she's a whole being right now. Yeah. <laughs> and she's having an experience. And like you said, this is all new. This is all so exciting for her. It's all new. And she's taking yeah. all of it in. So giving them the space to explore without, like you said, just interrupting, observing. Observing yeah. is really just important. Yes. I love yeah. that. And I love that you are putting that out into the world that, hey, babies are not just potatoes. They are doing amazing things right oh, now. They're so amazing. And and it's so cool. And you have older kids now. So it's like, I'm sure you can uh, attest to the fact that as your children grow, I think you start to see, like, I have these like mini flashbacks of like baby Donovan where I'm like, that was in you so long ago. Like I, I could see this. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Or even their laugh is the same, but bigger. Um, their smile, obviously, is the same, just bigger. And I'm like, wow. And the, even the way that he processes things, I'm like, I think that 
little baby Donovan because we had, again, this opportunity to connect and communicate in that way from infancy, I can see it. I can, I can literally see that this whole time he's been doing, he's been trying to communicate the same way, processing things the same way, needing the same kind of space and time um, to observe. It plays in the same way. It, it's just so honestly fascinating. Like from a, from a soul aspect, <laughs> like our children are just, are so incredible. Um, and like we've said multiple times throughout this episode, they're just such wonderful teachers. If you find yourself hearing this advice and thinking it's absurd and you find yourself wanting to constantly uh, make crazy sounds at your baby, crazy faces. Um, if you're like, oh, they're not, it's not work. them looking at the, the ceiling fan, you know, uh, I can talk to my baby. First of all, again, Catch yourself in defense mode <laughs> and wonder, hmm, where is that coming from? Okay. And second, I, I feel like it's a really, um, it's again, it's just like a special opportunity that we're presenting as opposed to any sort of like uh, finite advice, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it's more about just sl- slowing down and acknowledging them as the whole person that they are. Um, I did want to say too, when it comes to like the next phase of that, so we've like acknowledged the child's perspective, we recognize (laughs) their point of view and we consider it, um, when it comes to doing things that we have to do, like changing a diaper, we can look at those things, the caregiving acts as Magda Gerber, who I really like her work. She's like the Mm. pioneer of respectful parenting. Um, but she refers them as caregiving acts, um, as opportunities for connection too. And this is really crucial in the infant newborn stage because it's like all you do. <laughs> I think it's why it's so tiresome for a lot of parents. It's like, geez, we really have to constantly be changing and diapering and cleaning and wiping and um, bathing, right, feeding. And I think that in the infant stage, the caregiving acts are like, the most amazing gateway to connection for for us and our children to like actually start to know them and see them and to slow down. Um, And it also allows them to know us and to connect with us, to see us. And um, we, we basically model for them taking care and nurturing another person. I wonder what was it like for you when you added a sibling to your family dynamic did you notice did people comment on like oh like what a great big brother because I've gotten that so much and I think it's super interesting uh, so Ellis is my oldest and he is he is definitely like the nurturer um and again that's his personality <laughs> yeah but I also think that uh, our children really do love like we do um regardless oh, of yeah even if they're goofy or more uh, very serious personality or the nurturer, I think I think that by by connecting from infancy with our babies um, in that way of slowing down the diaper change, communicating what's going to happen before it's going to happen, um, you know, our our children are learning even then. Like, okay, this is how this is how we interact with another person. This is how we care for someone else. Um, and again, all this stuff sounds silly, but even those examples uh, going back to communication are super, super great tools to have in your back pocket as well. Hi, baby. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, you know, you were talking about, you know, taking care of a baby and taking these moments that yes, can often be, um, looked as, you know, almost negative to change your baby's diaper and completely changing the, changing the mindset on that and seeing these as, these as these opportunities to connect and to let your baby know what's going on. Right now I'm going to change your diaper and I'm going to put, you know. Here comes the wife. It's going to be Here comes the <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah and, and even getting their clothes on. Hmm, let's work together on this. How about your, let's get your left arm. Okay, we're bringing it through. And I think that if it does sound silly, again, be like, wow, why am I in such a rush? 
why? Why do we have to hurry up and get our babies dressed or hurry up and get the diaper changed, right? Why? I mean, of course, sometimes, yeah. All right, like totally. Oh, good. sure, yes. There are times where we're in a hurry, and that's okay. But um, I feel like my fifth grade teacher, when we learned about apostrophes, she would say, because we're Americans and we're in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> but you're right. We can- As an adult, I'm like, oh, man. Dang yeah. It. I know. Wow. You know, we do need to slow down. And and that explanation and that respect as honoring the fact that your baby, your little itty bitty baby is a full human being in this moment. And I love that Megda Gerber, who you were just talking about, and I agree with you, I think her work is phenomenal. Um, she, she says, you know, almost think of your child as being an elderly person or how you would care for an elderly person. Yeah, they say like, if you could no longer change yourself or feed yourself, how would you want people to interact with you? And it's it's a really nice reminder as a as a mother, as a new mother especially, um, because I think I think that for it's just such a vulnerable position to be in a mom in in general, but especially a new mom. So much information coming at you from every different angle, and I think that it can feel like intimidating or like. You just need to get it done and be efficient. And, oh, yeah. And I think that the the slowing down is the key. First, the first step, like to just enjoying the newborn stage. Every every single person, when you have a newborn baby, I'm going to just like guess, ask you to guess, what do they say when they see you in the grocery store? Oh, it goes so mm, fast. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all say, oh, it goes so fast, doesn't it? They grow so fast. So so slowing down, if you're wondering, like, why don't I feel any connection to this potato? <laughs> well, first of all, because it's not a potato. And second of all, you're going too fast. You got to slow down because babies do grow quickly and develop quickly and uh, things do change very quickly. So if you want more connection in the itty bitty phase, you just got to you got to slow down and be present. And and if you're having a hard time with that, that's where the reparenting work is really going to be vital, where you can start asking those questions of like, why? Why is it hard for me to slow down? <laughs> I feel like it sounds so, uh, it sounds so like commonsensical every time I have a conversation about con- conscious parenting, but where in your life did someone teach you that everything needs to be done as quickly and efficiently as possible? And if not, something bad is going to happen. I mean, what's the outcome here? <laughs> I want to know. And I think that's where I would suggest somebody starting too. If this all sounds very hokey pokey and weird, <laughs> like hmm, yeah, where is that coming from for you? Did, was everything very rushed for you? I mean, we can't remember, right? But it's just a really great place to start. I think seeing their perspective, slowing down, honoring communication as a two-way street, looking, that's, that's really, I guess, the last one, looking for cues of communication from your baby mm-hmm. um, is it, huge. Uh, like, you don't, you don't necessarily realize it, but our kids are, they really are like the quadriplegic or super elderly disabled person analogy they're they're trying to communicate and for whatever reason it's such a sad to imagine someone who can't get their point across who is old you know and and just really can't meet their own needs like that literally brings tears to my eyes but at the same time the same person that might have that response to that analogy might not have that response to a baby who's crying it was like really just trying to express what they need and they can't you don't understand them <laughs> so uh, acknowledging it's the same thing is also uh, honestly just a really helpful mindset so that you don't go crazy i think when people are in that fix it mindset like fix the baby i don't know make the baby quiet that means everything is good <laughs> um, <laughs> i think that i think that also disables the opportunity for connection because we're not we're not getting curious about the baby we're in that we're still in that fear mode we got to fix it oh gosh everything is wrong everything's going bad fix change it i don't know like panic mode right and again this is why 
like in the beginning of our conversation, we mentioned the ease and the empowerment that comes with parenting this way. And I, I, I really feel like when you when you start your parenting journey from infancy with these tools, it's like it really is so, so wonderful and so fulfilling and enjoyable. And you don't miss out on that infancy stage because you are looking for those cues and not just worried maybe about having a good baby or because um, that's something, you know, how many, how often do you get that question? You know, oh, are they a good baby? What does that even, what does that mean? Yeah, I don't I even know. Great memes about that lately. Like, well, she committed credit fraud or called <laughs> 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 someone at gunpoint. <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, it's true. What does that mean? And, and sometimes we can miss those things. I, you know, Kate, I don't remember if it was you that said this or someone else, but I always thought this story was so great. Um, and maybe this is yours and you were familiar with it, but there was this story of, um, oh, a lady who every time before she would shut the door, when she had just placed her baby in a car seat, she would let her baby know, I'm going to shut the door now. And she'd shut the door and she does every single time and soon like her baby at a very young age would close its eyes and almost like brace itself for it yes yep i i've told this story it's actually from dear parent caring for infants with respect by Matthew. okay okay yes it's, it's so awesome i <laughs> i love that story so much as soon as you said there's a lady who would tell her i was like it's definitely that story it's so fascinating and while my son my my son did do the same thing. Like he would start to brace himself for like the loud sound of the car. And around, I would say four months old. Yeah. He like, he's like, okay, I'm closing my eyes. <laughs> and I just thought, this is crazy. You know, it's so fascinating. Just so wonderful to see that like, it's, you know, a lot of people are like, conscious parenting doesn't work. Um, for me, moments like that, I'm like, it's working. We're communicating. We're a team. Um, We're a team. That's what working means for me as a parent, like collaboration, mutual needs being met and understood. (laughs) Um, and when they're not understanding, you know, where behavior is coming from, I just think that's what it means for, for parenting to be working. Um, not not me being able to like make my kids do or be a certain way. Um, and and what's so interesting too, and I'm sure you would agree, like when you practice this from infancy with a little tiny baby, all of that other stuff is actually easier long term. Oh, it's like, yeah. It's like you don't, you know, my favorite author, Rosalind Ross says, you know, when exactly, when exactly is the appropriate time to start treating people like people based on Mm. the behaviorist parenting methodology? Like, oh, 18, poof, you're magically an adult person now, even though we've conditioned you like a rodent for 18 years, like, where is the cutoff and why? And what does that even mean? You know, I think it's so it's such, again, a privilege to have this tool set from the time your baby is born day one, because everything else is like so crystal clear after that. And, and like you said, there are hard days and there are hard times. And, um, you know, being a parent is, is ne- it's ne- no one ever said it's an easy thing to do. <laughs> it's like, that's why it's fulfilling because of the growth that comes with it. Because it's like you come through challenges and you are more enlightened. You know yourself better or you you heal better and repair things more, I don't know, effectively, but it's not easy, you know, or else, or else there wouldn't be so many books about it. <laughs> like it but it's, it's easy to make cookies. <laughs> like, so yeah, and there's like, you know, lots of recipes for sugar cookie, but at the same time, people pretty much know like, okay, or I guess pancakes would be a better example like four ingredients and pancakes yeah (laughs) you pretty much throw anything together in that bowl and it'll be a pancake it might be thinner or fluffier but it's not it's not hard parenting there's a reason that everybody talks about it everybody complains about it and there are a million different resources it's complicated It is complicated. But what I do love about conscious parenting is that it's not sort of this, it's not a one size fits all approach. It's really getting in tune with yourself, with your children, your child, and 
like you said, having this team approach and working together to build this deep connection and this deep relationship. And so it can look a little different from family to family. Um, It's not this one size fits all approach, which is really nice. But it's really fun to be around people that are following the same approach (laughs) because no one takes anything personally. There's no judgment. It's like, I don't know. It's such a beautiful thing. And I'm excited that that it's growing technically. I always have like a bit of apprehension around certain things because I'm like, oh, I don't want it to be misinterpreted as conscious parenting if it's not that. Or like, I don't want people to think that I practice X, Y, or Z when it's really conscious parenting that I practice um, because it's just such a different, it's a different thing altogether. And I feel like anytime something gains popularity, there's like a whole lot of like, I don't know, Things are misconstrued often. Oh, like, sure. Well, no, this isn't quite right, or like this isn't quite what I would advocate for, you know. But um, but yes, definitely, I feel like it's it's wonderful, even though it does differ from family to family, to like get to be in the presence of other people that that are like taking a more conscious approach. It's like genuinely really enjoyable. It's light. It's just it's yeah, light. It's easy. How has conscious parenting, how do you think it has impacted your family and your family unit? Um, How would it be different if you didn't have this experience with conscious parenting? Well, I'm happy to say that I don't know, you know, how it would be different because I was lucky enough to discover this before I had my first child. Um, But I, I guess some positive things I have noticed in my larger family dynamic. So because of having a platform talking about all of this openly, um, it's been pretty triggering for other people in my life. Not my not my children, obviously, but my own parents. You know, took my platform very personally at first uh, for a while, actually. And my dad is like not that type of person. In fact, he's like not egoic at all I feel like he's like super enlightened on accident (laughs) he's just amazing um and but even he was like yeah I kind of thought that your channel was like a dig on us or something like we didn't do a good job and um Mm. what's what's amazing now though is over time as they watched my relationship with Donovan um you know unfold and, and develop they they really couldn't help but acknowledge how wonderful everything is <laughs> you know they're like geez like oh hold on it's my doggy um but you know they were like wow there's a lot of truth to the things that you're sharing so now my own parents um my mom you know they're they're 50 in their first time like therapy experience my my mom is like on her own reparenting journey with an therapist and um, I mean, truly enjoys the work that I share now and reads the same material that I recommend people read and, and actually can take it to heart and apply the things that she's learning. Um, And it is really heavy work. Trust me, if you wait until you're 50, (laughs) but you know, my, my mom has, has had such an interesting experience just based on me applying conscious parenting to my my parenting journey and and applying the practice of being a more conscious person to my life, um, which has affected my dad. It's affected their marriage. It's affected her relationship with my other siblings, which I have three. Um, it's affected them. It's affected my siblings. And I, I just think um, sometimes people are so focused when it comes to obviously respectful parenting or conscious parenting in the parent child dynamic that they might not hear that perspective. So I wanted to share that, but also my own marriage, I think would be totally different. I think it would be very hard for me to be married period as a, you know, when I, once I was a single parent, um, it was very, it was like a serious thing for me to decide to share my life with someone, especially because they would be sharing their life with me and my son. Um, and, you know, making a more, that a more conscious decision, like understanding 
how I choose a partner and um, how that has anything to do with my childhood experience and the conditioning that I still hold on to subconsciously. I mean, there it's it's affected my life in a lot a, a lot of different ways that are unrelated to my son and my daughter. It's really like all of my relationships have been affected. Um, my own self-esteem and confidence has been affected by being a conscious person and parent. Um, it's led to a lot of healing and introspection for me as a person, especially when I see the parts of myself that were told they were not lovable in my son. You know, when I see Donovan do something that, um, or or he is being a certain way that like I apparently was told is not good, is not lovable, that needs to be isolated, um, you know, in my own childhood, it's like this amazing opportunity to heal that little part of myself through being present with him and unconditionally loving with him. Um, it's, I, I think that, yeah, it, it's like a much more expansive journey and experience to be a conscious parent uh, than just isolating it to how I felt as a mom. But mm. when, it, when it comes to that, <laughs> I feel like, you know, my experience as a mom would be completely different. And that's why I started my channel because I knew it. I mean, like just even reading the first book that I read and having the mindset shift that I had, I was like, I, I can't believe that I'm so lucky to have read this now. I would have been a completely different parent. I think there would be a lot of power struggles. I think I would feel really exhausted. <laughs> I think I would feel like I'm running out of tricks and tips and advice. And um, I would feel very spread thin, I think, um, working in the behaviorist dynamic of control. Uh, I Yeah, I, I just don't think I would enjoy. <laughs> I would enjoy um, the easy moments like most parents do, right? Like, when, when our children are perfectly content and everything is sunshine and easy, um, I think I would really live for those moments and then resent the rest. Um, and I, I'm really sad to even say that because at my core, I'm like, I feel like super maternal and I feel like I'm totally like your oldest son, the nurturer for sure by nature. Um, but I think that society and my own upbringing would have set me up to fail as a parent. I think I, I would have been at a complete loss. I would have felt like a pushover or a passive parent at, at my best. And I would have felt like, um, I don't know, a dictator, a benevolent dictator at my, <laughs> at my worst. <laughs> and it, none of that sounds enjoyable to me at all. So I'm, I'm really grateful to have a real relationship with both of my children, even my three-month-old daughter, <laughs> um, where, I, where I feel like I know them and, and I continue to know them and, and who they really are, their intrinsic self every day. Um, it's, it's a beautiful experience. And again, when I, when I mess up and I feel like I, I let the fear-based conditioning creep in where I, I pass judgment on, on my children for whatever, who knows what goofy reason, um, I'm able to at least slow myself down in the moment usually, but if afterward too, it happens, um, and actually reflect on like where that where that's coming from in me. Like, what am I what am I so afraid of, and and why, and what does it have to do with again how lovable I am uh, or was as a child, and that that in of itself is is priceless. It, it's amazing. So yes, <laughs> my very long answer, but. Oh, but you said so many beautiful things in there. I loved hearing about how your work has now, well, just in your own life, how conscious parenting um, and that approach has required that inner work. And because of that, it's now flowed into other areas of your life, you know, your marriage and even into the relationship with your parents and how now they are going through this, um, this inner work. And that's really beautiful, Kate. 
Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. It's it's great to hear that your mom is so um, <laughs> wonderful and unconditionally loving to you. I loved hearing your story earlier where you were like, I was able to come to my mom and cry to her and, you know, open up to her. I, I thought that was so beautiful because most, I, I feel like it's a very common thing to not have a dynamic of open vulnerability with our parents as adult people. It's, um it's a it's a blessing as a conscious parent if your parents um, start to kind of see what what you're doing and talking about and 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 want to practice it themselves. It's a it's a real blessing, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and that transformation that everyone is going under um, that's really a testament to you and to the work that you're doing, and of course to. You know, if there's anybody that can see the relationship that you have with Donovan and now, of course, Romy, but it, I'm under the impression that your mom and your dad kind of took a look at this when Donovan was a little guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be your inner circle and the fact that they saw this beautiful relationship and it was inspiring enough for them to take a look. That's really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Well, I think the unfortunate thing is that my 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 dad is naturally a pretty conscious parent, but my mom was very very behaviorist and um I think that the what sold her was actually my son's behavior and his ability to communicate and his ability to kind of like regulate and at least assess his emotional state. Um I feel, unfortunately, for the people that operate in a system of control in that fear-based mode, that's what matters to them, right? Like, and so it was like kind of shocking to her to see how my son interacted with other people, especially adults, like the confidence that he had at such an early age. And again, like communication skills and um, manners. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm sure you understand (laughs) uh, that you know, she was just kind of shocked because it was sort of like disproving her methodology. Um, Mm. It was oftentimes like, he needs to do this or like, you need to teach him X, Y, or Z. You can't just like, whatever you're calling it, modeling everything. Um, It was very much like the critical parent, again, out of fear. But then she saw my son as this like, quote unquote, model citizen. And what's ironic is you know, you mentioned this too earlier, like as a conscious parent, our goal isn't perfect little soldier kids, like at all. Um, Ironically, our our children end up being like well-behaved people because they're just treated like whole people. They don't have, you know, it's, it's such an interesting catch 22, but I think that unfortunately it wasn't even like, wow, they have such a great relationship. It was more like she was sold on the things that she was looking for as a parent, like that's what makes you a good parent. That's what makes a good kid. Quote. quote. Oh, okay, sure, I understand. So, yeah. yeah. So she was like, "Oh, like he's so good, and he's so relaxed, and he's so this." And and so she was like, "I think a lot of people operate in that space too. Like they're still in the fixer mode mindset of like." does respectful parenting work? Does conscious parenting work? Or this doesn't work for me or for multiple kids. And uh, they're sadly missing the point. And my mom was still missing the point. It wasn't until, again, she had to take, like you call it, that deeper dive and like actually talk to someone (laughs) um, about her responses and reactions to things that she was like, oh my gosh, this is like everything that Kate talks about. And maybe I should start paying attention. And maybe that's why her relationship is so wonderful. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Like the doorway to conscious parenting can be different for everybody. But unfortunately, yes. unfortunately for some, it's got to be like the proof is in the pudding for them. <laughs> like, look how good my kid is, <laughs> you know, kind of right. stuff. Which is cringy for us. Um, but for somebody that's still in that mindset operating there, it is what it is. <laughs> Whatever we can do to get them in the door, okay? <laughs> it's like, it's all right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got her attention and she's she's on her way doing that work now, which is really cool. You know, she's, I don't know how old your siblings are, but I'm assuming that she's raised her children, right? <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So I, I commend her for taking that journey. Oh yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's a very rare thing to hear about. In fact, I think most people are 
like they're they're themselves having a difficult time processing conscious parenting as the approach they want to take with their kids, let alone expecting their grandparents in their life <laughs> <laughs> to follow suit. It's like, look, if I can just get my husband on board, I'll be happy, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's so true. The grandparents are a very fortunate blessing. But you do have this wonderful way and this wonderful approach where, you know, there is no shame in this. There's no judgment. You know, there's a curiosity. And at the end of the day, it's really about this relationship with our kids. We get to do motherhood once. Our kids get to do childhood once. And so, you know, on my podcast, I always talk about not winging it. And sometimes I feel that, yes, there's certain parts and certain elements of winging it. And I understand the spirit of that message. but we can be very intentional in this. And if we take a step back and look at some of our patterns, look at what we're doing um, from a place of compassion too, where we're not hard on ourselves, um, we can make the most of this very sacred time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when when it comes to the infant stage, for sure, but all of it. And what's cool is you said, you know, our kids do childhood once and we do motherhood once but you know our kids do childhood once but we're still their parent um and we still the thing the trap that a lot of people get stuck in is trying to still be that kind of parent and using behaviorist tactics external motivation and uh taking their love away from their children uh, and then giving it back to them when they do what they want them to do into adulthood i mean so a lot of people are like well, I do motherhood once, but I'm going to do it forever. Well, if that if that's the case, why not do it the conscious way and build a real relationship where your kids are not ever going to be afraid of you, but they're going to come to you like you came to your mom or, you know, want to want to be open with you, want to have fun with you, want to enjoy life with you in the ordinary moments, the big moments. I think that's the greatest gift of being a conscious parent is the long haul. Oh, I agree with you. And that, you know, I remember early on in, um, you know, my kids are still young. They're seven, five, and two. So I haven't been doing this too long. Yeah. But in the very early years, you know, I remember just seeing the seeing this meme or whatever. And it said, you know, connection over correction. Mm-hmm. And there's so much truth to that. Because at the end of the day, we don't do this in order to, you know, put a sticker next to the you know their child's name and be like yep they're a good kid. We don't do this to sit there and receive accolades and to talk about all the successes that our children are having. We do this because we get this relationship, this beautiful sacred bond that you can't get elsewhere. Yep. Yeah, and if and if your goal is the other stuff, like you you can you can accomplish that too. Um, but you're not going to have the relationship. It, it will cost you that, and it's really it's like that's a huge blow in my opinion. Like who would ever choose one or the other? It's like oh my gosh, I I would much rather have. And and ironically enough, again. When you're not seeking that, um, but your child has this intrinsic confidence and motivation and self-esteem, they will be, it's like inevitable that they're going to be successful in whatever way you deem success. Like they're going to be a fulfilled, joyful person. That's, that's really successful, especially today. (laughs) I, I took a poll on my Instagram story once that was just out of curiosity, when I like that you say, um, you know, we're we're not into winging it because here the thing is, when I took this poll, I was asking questions like, you know, were your parents in your childhood as you remember them typically joyful people? And you know, the the overwhelming majority said no. Or Aww. did your parents have great health? Did they take care of themselves? Did and then. Um, when it was also like absolutely yes was the majority it was it was things like did your parents care a lot about appearances or the opinions of other people um you know did your parents were they were they present no i mean and when we wing it we accidentally pass we just we go through the motions and unfortunately do what was modeled for us um and so what's 
funny is that when we don't wing it and you try to be more intentional and bring more awareness, um, although there's some weightiness to being a more conscious person and parent, like you're aware of discomforts, you're aware of triggers, you're aware of the roots of them and the pain that caused them, things are easier. And if you wing it and you don't do things with intention and you pass on, you know, that have, I'm sure you see all the time the phrase generational trauma, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's You might think what you're doing is easy in the moment by winging it, you know, like, ah, I don't need to overthink this. I'm a good parent. I love my kids blah, 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 do whatever X, Y, or Z you're going to do. It it seems like that's the easy route, but it's, it's so much harder to recover from. And it's, and it's not easier at all (laughs) to do things with less intention. It's actually much more difficult. Like I said, in my response to the question, how would it be different? Uh, It, it 100% from that response alone, you could gather would not be more simple, more easy, and it would be much more challenging. So winging it is a is a fake out. <laughs> it's tricking you. It is. And it's common. I think that it happens a lot. But I think there is a movement here. I think that as we live in this information age where things like this are getting out and at least it's a seed that's being planted in people's brains. Um, it's definitely not something that it w- that would have been on my radar 15 years ago. I don't know how I, I don't really know how I stumbled across conscious parenting. <laughs> I think, well, I know that, you know, I started questioning the food system and things like oh. that when I was like in high school. Oh, that's lucky on your end. Yeah. And I, and then I, and then I moved on to when I got pregnant. Well, what's, like why is this yeah yeah, like why is the status quo this right and asking those questions and um much like you it sort of naturally led me to this I guess alternative approach to parenting I I guess um and less and less so I, I saw one like a tweet from a girl that was like every time I see something about uh this was specifically regarding like gentle parenting she was like it's someone talking about how to treat your kid like a normal person and everybody's completely <laughs> baffled. Right. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, it is true. Like, for some reason, it's so shocking um, for all of us because we've just been conditioned so differently for so long. But I was thinking on the drive home today, I'm like, how wonderful that for my kids, what's normalized is like the complete opposite. Good information in the information age it can't be passed up. And because some of this stuff is so commonsensical, I think it really is catching on, which is just, is awesome. It is. And when you make that um, connection while you treat an adult this way, I think it, it hits a little bit differently. We have some work to do and we are teaching our kids how to treat themselves. We're teaching our kids what love is, what relationships look like, right? And if we can do that from the get-go with respect and with love and lead with that, we are then setting them up to have these beautiful, respectful relationships down the road. Yeah. Um, The point here is that, you know, you might, your child is probably and uh, I feel like there's a 50-50 chance now, hopefully, <laughs> of them meeting somebody that's been raised with all the baggage that we have as people. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. I know, I know. <laughs> but I think about that too often. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm sure, yeah. No, it, you do think about it because, like you said, there is that generational issue. And I think we're getting better, though, Kate. And you're putting, you know, lots of content out there highlighting how this can look and how to approach it. And your stuff is, your stuff is great, Kate. Um, Do you have any closing thoughts for someone that's considering conscious parenting? Anything that you'd like to say closing up? Um, I would just say, you know, there's a reason that they have the expression mother's intuition. (laughs) Um, And I think that getting, getting in touch with with your intuition as a parent, whether you're a dad or a mom, is is crucial. I, th- I think that if you have any sort of connection to what we've been talking about today, and if you had any moments of like, ooh, okay, that, that does make sense or that does resonate with me, 
seriously continue to look into it and be be your family's advocate. Don't rely mm. on people like me um, or Nicoletta to, to tell you how to do things with your children or your family. Um, you know, be be your own hero, <laughs> right? In your family dynamic, um, and and know what you want. Know what you want your family to feel like, and your house to feel like, and um, you know know what you want to to feel like to your kids as a mom in terms of your presence in their life, um, and and follow your intuition. I think that it will lead you inevitably to a more conscious approach, especially because you're being exposed to it here on this podcast uh, with all the wonderful work that she's doing. But I, I would say intuition as a mom is, is key and continue following the rabbit hole <laughs> and learning as much as you can so that you can advocate for yourself and for your family. Yeah, I love that. That's a powerful message. It's You're absolutely right. We do have to be our own heroes. Okay, one final question for you, and I kind of know what your answer might be here. Kate, if there is a book or two books that you would recommend to um, a family, a mother, a father, what would they be and why? Yeah, so uh, everybody knows that follows me that my favorite parenting literature is um, Rosalind Ross's book. It's called A Theory of Objectivist Parenting. I think that it's very cut and dry. And it, the reason, well, there's many reasons it's my top recommendation. It's the first book that I read when I was discovering this approach and uh, deciding to practice it. But um, the reason, the biggest reason of all that's my number one is because in the back, if you're like, wow, that was interesting, um, <laughs> guess I'm going to do things differently, there's but then you're like, what do I do now, though? Like, there, I have so many questions. She, She's just so thorough and such a bookworm. Um, I, I've had conversations with Rosalind about, you know, how I share so much of what she shares with me. And, and she's like, Kate, okay, I'm the person in the back. Yes, Romy. Aww. Like, I'm the person in the back of the library writing the work. And you're the face talking about it, you know, <laughs> it's okay. Um, but she she basically gives you like 10 book references for every stage of being a parent. Um, hi, sweetie. And I think that it's just, it's the best book ever for that reason. Like, not only does it give you a great launch pad, but then it gives you more resources that are all very solid. Um, and then the second book that she actually doesn't recommend in the back of that book that I actually talked about here um, is Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth. And I I know there can be some apprehension around things that seem very like new agey and whatever. Um, and I totally understand all of that. Um, but I think that if you can look at that work from a very objective place um, and just really process it um, with your experience as a parent, especially in mind, it can be very, very powerful. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the ego um, and I talked about the pain body briefly, like the fact I just referenced both of those verb, like the verbiage there. Um, but I think those are the two of the most powerful things for all of your relationships to recognize where your behavior and your patterns are coming from. Um, and it can really, I think, lead you to a lot of healing. So A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle and uh, A Theory of Objectivist Parenting by Rosalind Ross. I knew it. I knew you were going to say those two. Yep. I could have bet the farm on that. <laughs> All right, Kate, and tell everybody where they can find you. They, You have um, lots of information that you put out there. You have courses. Um, so tell everybody where they can find you if they're looking to dig, dive, dig deeper into conscious parenting. Yeah. So you can check out my YouTube channel. It's super easy. It's the Mellow Mama. Um, I post like more personal content on there and a lot of like old school educational videos. That's where I started, like I said, in the beginning of this episode. Um, I also have a podcast. It's just getting started. It's called the Mellow Mama Podcast. You see a theme here. Um, and, <laughs> um, Instagram. I have also, like she mentioned, a course specifically to kind of like make all of this work like packaged together very sweetly for you <laughs> if you're like, okay, this is all very overwhelming. I think my course is a great resource to just start and finish 
um, so that you can build the framework of what your relationship with your children is going to look like and, and do the reparenting stuff as well along the way. Um, I think it's also, if you were listening and, you know, I mentioned a couple times, it's hard to get a, a partner on board. It's hard to get someone else in your life in general uh, to understand the concepts that we're covering it's a really, really great tool for that. <laughs> if you were to even just like not even invite them to do the course with you, um, you can literally just play them in the background, probably like how you're playing this podcast and just allow them to be heard by people in your life. <laughs> like if your mm-hmm. spouse is in the house, like around, you know, they could hear the modules um, and, and not even have to do some of the like more hands-on things that I've provided there to actually really get the gist of why this is so valuable for you and your family. So the course is at um, my website, which is www.themellowmama.org. And I also have some fun things on there. And it's so interesting because I'm very much about open-ended play, like not really guiding my, my children's play and discovery. But I did develop a little activity book with a really dear friend of mine. Um, just some simple activities that I set up for my son where it kind of like leads to independent play and discovery for a a pretty big chunk of time. And I know that, you know, when, if you're homeschooling or unschooling, or even if you're just like, you want to be really present with your kids and do things with them. I think that's a challenge for a lot of parents. They're like, especially if they're new to conscious parenting, they're like, I just, I feel like I should be doing something. Right. Um, So I made, I made a hardback book of that there's ebooks there's some free ones on there too and i think they're great so you can check those out too on my website um but yeah i think that covers all of it just if you look up the mellow mama you'll find me (laughs) (laughs) well thank you kate you are awesome you are doing very important work and you have a fan in me i adore you i think that you're brilliant so happy to see this email i was like get out of town (laughs) so long And this is just so great. Well, thank you for your time. I know that's the greatest currency here. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Wherever you are listening, I would love it if you would subscribe. And of course, leave a review because that helps other mamas find me. And remember, we are in this together. Take care.